Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. So I am so excited to have my guest on today because he was actually my very first guest with my launch of this podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about some things, talk a little bit about what we talked about last time about gamification in sales. But uh, we're going to talk also about retail and the changing landscape of the retail world today. So joining me today is Michael DeHaan, and he is heading up a new organization called Retail Answers. He has a wealth of experience in the retail realm, and we are going to break it down a little bit. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining me again. Well, thank you for having me, Michael. It's a, it's such a great, we have such great conversations every time we talk. So, uh, you know, let's talk about this this big, you know, kind of the elephant in the room in retail, and that is the effect of, you know, how people purchase today and whether they go into brick and mortar stores and what's their buying experience because there's so much happening in this landscape. As we both know, we're also seeing stores close left and right in that, you know, because it's so competitive in a vastly different way. So, you know, let's just toss it out there. What, what are your initial thoughts? So, yes, yeah, so a lot is happening. Uh, it's, it's a very uh, fluid environment. Uh, people talk about the retail apocalypse. Um, what I like, uh, the way I like to characterize it is, uh, something said that to me, I thought it, it was spot on. Um, it, you know, retail is not dead. Boring retail is. <laughs> and definitely so And definitely mediocre retail is. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with the advent of online sales, the convenience of online sales. Um, the only reason people would go to a brick and mortar store is for the all important, and this is kind of the buzzword of the day, the customer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, without the customer experience, there is no brick and mortar retail because nothing beats buying something that is not exciting true. Uh, <laughs> online in your PJs. <laughs> uh, you don't need to, you know, no effort needed. What people really enjoy is, is the customer experience, mm-hmm. depending on what type of, of purchase, but you know, fashion is certainly one of them, um, uh, where the retailer has to provide something that will really bring uh, an added value to the purchase. Well, it's so true because it's so easy. There, I, I have to admit, with my clothes, many times I'm buying online. But for different reasons. Number one, I usually don't have time to go kind of enjoy the shopping experience. Number two, I would rather be able to try clothes on in my own home 
in my own you know environment which feels a little safer and a little less daunting than the um, the dressing rooms but I'm gonna talk about a dressing room experience in a minute um, but uh, you know then I can return so it's I'm one of those that has abused that part of the system right. without a doubt so I guess the challenge then is to get some to, to offer whatever you know brand of stores or uh, maybe even a, a small mom-and-pop shop will catch your eye because they will offer something different yes. than that experience that you have doing it So I think the customer experience is, um, is uh, the, the, uh, the name of the game right now, and it involves a, a lot of things. Mm. It's, it's um, the way the store looks, obviously. It's yeah. the product offering. Uh, but it's also the way you are graded and mm -hmm. the way you are engaged by the people who, after everything is said and done, are salespeople. Yes. And whether they are able to engage you in a way that will make the, uh, the experience pleasant or if you feel uh, basically uh, harassed or overwhelmed and don't want to deal with that experience. And that's really the challenge today. What really interests me, and that's what we try to uh, address at uh, Retail Answers Consulting, is those companies who do come up with the right customer experience. They, they're a chain, they're life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there is an existential threat from online sales and competition. Um, so they, they have crafted this, this great customer experience. They say they, they've hopefully done their, their homework, they know what their customers like, they know what they don't like. So they've, they've really crafted the right mix of the, the way the store looks, uh, the product that they offer, and the way they, their salespeople engage their customers. The challenge today is to be able to duplicate this customer yes, experience absolutely. in all of their stores yes. consistently, day after day, in a way that's not diluted because of the nature, the kind of old-fashioned structure of those retail organizations. Most retail organizations, especially the large ones, have a thousand stores, two thousand stores, will deal with a very layered operational structure. Mm -hmm. They'll have regional directors who will supervise area managers who will supervise <laughs> uh, 10 stores. Yeah. And you know you have this tree and you, you craft that message uh, uh, and you imagine basically your product that you're offering to the customers and it's being taught to the regional directors who are teaching it to the area managers and, and so forth. And by the time the store manager trains hopefully hopefully uh, their sales associate who very often are you know part-timers um, sometimes making minimum wage not necessarily on commission right well it's like a bad game of telephone right. and by the time the message gets uh, to the person who actually talks to your customer <laughs> it's watered uh, down it's watered down yeah or it's diluted or it's forgotten or, or it's not and or it's, it's, not it's even uh, changed along the way because like a game of telephone yeah one word that you hear or one thing that you may emphasize can change throughout that tree. So when you get to the, the end result, you don't have the same impact as the people who said, but that's our message and that's what we're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And it's very easy to spot. Yeah. Oh. Every so time you walk into a store and then somebody and then somebody says behind a stack of jeans <laughs> that they're folding, they say, let me know if I can help you. Yes. Well, you know that was not the intention no. originally of the brand. Yeah. The brand didn't 
envision that and that's level zero that's there's no engagement there it's, yes. it's somebody hiding or worse yet they're not fo- even folding jeans they're on their phone oh yeah, that you know? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest because yes. i see that often yes and it does it impacts your whole experience it's interesting you know because i i say when people ask me what i do i say i'm a speaker on leadership sales and the customer experience and often i talk about the junction between the three and sometimes people will say oh you mean customer service. I'm like, no, the customer experience, right. because it is so much more. Absolutely. And customer service is somebody on the phone uh, telling you about the uh, return policy. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, when you think about this, I, you know, I, I love, you know, I have this little hashtag, she, secret shopper Michael, and I love to um, experience different places, but there's two that for me, really embody some of the things that you said, and that is, you know, you walk in and it's everything. It's the visual. It's the, all of your senses are hit. And the first one I think of is Lush. Uh, and it's, you know, I'm, we're here in Washington, D.C., where you are based, and I'm here to speak at a conference. So yesterday, uh, before dinner, I walked through the mall where my hotel is, and it was, you know, the, the hotel, or the, the mall was buzzing, which was really exciting. Not all stores were buzzing. Many of them were very slow, but the food court was buzzing with a lot of you know young people that are in town but the lush store was packed and there is something about the way it's designed the smells that come out of it the way you walk in the way they you know kind of move you as a customer through the customer uh, experience from the sales associates and i never disappointed me ever not once have i met one person in a lush store that disappointed me which is amazing but just, I had to go in there yesterday. I didn't need anything. <laughs> I just spent a couple hundred dollars. But um, just feeling the buzz and feeling the vibe, it makes you as a consumer want to go in there and experience. Right. And it was hard for me to walk out without anything because I normally do. But I don't think anybody else who walked in there walked out without a purchase. Right. And so what, what's very interesting is how are they able to duplicate and, and reproduce that, that experience on the, consistently? Yeah, and that's uh, I think it's an investment on uh, obviously the the people the front of the house, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. But um, uh, you know there there needs to be a way to to be consistently offering the same product. And a lot of people who are coming from the internet. There's this new phenomenon of brands that started online who are now opening stores. Uh, they have no patience for the way retail has been managed. Uh, since the 80s right. you know that, that you know uh, um, so i think that's 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 where the challenge is that's where we we work with with, with chains uh to reclaim that direct connection with the the sales associate mm-hmm. um the the, the the training the engagement i think um the everything that's been applied to uh online marketing and social media marketing where you where you look for engagement of your audience uh, applies to that v- population, to that, that um, uh, category of employees, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, you, you cannot have a long-term strategy that involves millions of dollars of investment on product, on marketing, on, on everything that, absolutely is, that is absolutely needed for a successful organization. You cannot have all of this and not have the direct connection with the sales associate. I so I think that that's, that's one of the, the things we... we 
I, I really enjoy working on and, and we and have great success. Yeah, and that is key. And you and I have discussed this many times is that, you know, oftentimes enough. I don't want this to sound negative because you and I know that retail relies on that person who is a minimum wage um, sales associate in most cases, in many cases, not earning any commission. There are still some uh, businesses that do, but most of them don't. Um, and not everybody stays at minimum wage, but, you know, you're talking about a workforce that you know, how, how much engagement are they going to want to have if you're not finding ways to engage Absolutely. them? And it's not just monetary engagement because Lush has the same, you know, setup. They're, they're not hiring at vastly different salaries than anywhere mm-hmm. else. But there's something in that mix, you know, of how how they how they have connection with their employees. I haven't gotten to all the roots of it yet, but I'm I'm trying to dig away the layers because it fascinates me. But everyone who works there loves the products. They believe in the mission, so that ties it together. But if you go to work at you know any other store, there's that sense of, well, yeah, I have a manager, a store manager, a regional manager, a divisional manager, a vice president manager, all these people that lead me, but nobody really seems to care about right, me. Right. What, what we have found is, uh, and, and I work with a lot of people in that, in that uh, space, uh, where um, having a direct connection with the sales associate through technology, um, is is the, the way to go and and but that's just a conduit what do you do with that direct right. connection uh, it's the initial training that you offer directly on somebody's tablet or phone uh, it's but it's the way you, you craft it and that's where uh, you and I had, had a discussion about the gamification of, of training uh, but not just the training, really. It's the the engagement throughout the life cycle, the ongoing of 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 that uh, employment, and hopefully they move on to to maybe manage a store. But very often, it's 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 uh, it, it's very often a temporary gig. Mm-hmm. You know, people go to college or or, or uh, you know find a job in the in, in in the industry that they trained for. So retail is is very often not all not always. But very often uh, a temporary career. Yeah. So it's almost built in that it's going to be you know sales associate the turnover for sales associate uh, that are not on commission in the United States is above eighty percent a year. Wow. Uh, but it's kind of built in. It's not that yeah. anybody's doing a bad job. No, it's not it that they're bad is. employees. It's just the, yeah, nature. It's the nature of the job. So you have a, a small window and how to best utilize people's enthusiasm. Yeah. The initial. Yeah enthusiasm they have for whatever brand they want. Oh, I love this brand. I want to work for them. Or I love those shoes. I want to work there because I love... Because <laughs> I'm going to yeah. get a discount. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there is enthusiasm. Yeah. How do you, how do you uh, uh, leverage this? Yeah. Uh, even if it's uh, six months a year, hopefully more, maybe um, hopefully offer them great people progression. But that position of a sales associate is enormously important. There are the people who are speaking to the customers. Uh, and, and it cannot be f- uh, forgotten. So that's a great point to think about the percentage of turnover because you're right, it's nobody's fault. It's the nature of the game. But as you were talking, I was thinking about how exhausting that must be for the store managers, the area managers, the regional managers, because you are in a constant state of flux. And especially if you've got a great employee and you don't want to lose them, and you're probably going to lose them at some point in time, um, how do you kind of keep your focus and keep connections with them, but provide that those ongoing 
uh, uh, touches, the, the trainings, the development, the, the people things that not only make the people better in their jobs while they're there, but also what kind of an impact can you have on them for the rest of their career? Because if you really do, then you also extend brand loyalty beyond that job at, you know, whatever at, you know, White House Black Market or Chico's or, or even Lush, you know, how do you, how do you make somebody continue to love the brand despite the tenure of their, their, uh, their employment with you? Absolutely. And I think the parallel is very important. The old saying was, you know, the customer is king. Well, you know, now you know. You a lot of it's a lot of companies are saying no. Really, the employee is king, and mm-hmm. if the employees are kings and treated really well and 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 engage in a great manner, then the customers will will benefit from that. And it's the same thing. A, a, a bad customer experience can really damage the brand, or well, a bad employment experience yeah. can really damage the brand as well. Yeah. So it's 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 uh, irresponsible for brands who will invest on everything from logistics, uh, supply chain, logistics, marketing, to not uh, really uh, pay attention to that critical part of the, of, of the, of the, of the process, of the end-to-end process. So uh, I think there's, there's a lot to be done. People are waking up to, to, this, to this notion. Uh, the, and, and you said it's exhausting to have to, oh, yes, yeah. and with, with an exhausting process like this, Fatigue comes in, and that's why you get lukewarm reception. You don't get mm-hmm. the engagement because retail is tough. Retail yeah. is uh, seven days a week. Uh, you know, um, the stores. Uh, I used to work with somebody. Somebody who said retail is three walls and a window, and <laughs> it's and it's so and it restarts every day. Yeah. And if you don't bring the excitement every day. And it cannot be the responsibility of a store manager to bring the excitement every day. They have to have the tools to do so. Yep. And, and, and that's, that's where I think there's a lot to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm very excited to, to work with, with, with clients on. We're, we're, we're doing, we're changing. So we're changing things and usually only by optimizing processes that are already in place. Mm-hmm. But just by bringing them, by digitizing all processes, you are giving them a new life. And you are giving, the, you know, everybody knows what has to be done. A store has to be clean. It has to be well organized. People have to be trained. Right. You bring a new tool that allows you to do that consistently, but also to do more by uh, bringing contests within the stores, with other stores of the chain, mm-hmm. uh, incentive programs that are not always with monetary uh, rewards. Uh, can be with uh, additional employee discount. Can be with uh, store credits, mm-hmm. but also just you know pure gamification. Yeah. If I do more training, I'll go to I get I go from level silver to level gold. Mm-hmm. And what will that give me? Well, first of all, it will give me that daily dose of dopamine right. that uh, you know gamers find uh, know very well. You know they go to the next level, and uh, you know obviously somebody who, uh, who has done more training online on their own has has been more successful at the training. And we like to talk about micro training as opposed to you know those long <laughs> drawn out videos that. Uh, I think nobody watches. Yeah most, uh, yeah, most of the time they put them on play in the background and right. do whatever. And I don't think it does any, anybody any good. You tell her training through micro training with short videos on one subject with a little quiz at the end to make sure that you, you understand it. You can replay it and then just do it until until it's, 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 it's sunk in. And people now are ready for the next level. So it can be product training, new mm-hmm. collection in the store. It can be 
a new brand or you know we worked with no face a lot they have wonderful training material but it's on their website and mm -hmm. it's it, it's incumbent to every retail organization to get their people to watch those. Uh, so there are a few ways to do it, but the best way really is to bring that content directly on somebody's, in somebody's right hands. to them, because that's where they're living. When they need it. Yeah, I mean, that's where we all live today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can't, yeah. we can't escape it. And I, you know, I'm a, a huge proponent of this, but it, I, I'm also thinking too, it's interesting, sometimes when companies, all kinds of companies have training programs you're right, it's this big kind of download of data that you don't know whether it sticks and it's over and done and we move on instead of a constant training. So there's a sense of, okay, I've done that, now it's done. Instead of a, a constant engagement where you keep people's eye on the ball that you need them to keep the eye on and then they know that this is serious right. and they go, oh, well, I've got to do this. Um, that, you know, it, where we put our focus and our time and attention is where we will see results with it. Even if people grumble a little in the beginning, especially if it's something different, if you're giving them tools to say, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do it constantly, they will start to rise to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think it's, it's two, two, twofold. Feedback on performance mm -hmm. is extremely important. A sales associate is there and they're being judged, the store is being judged on a few key performance indicators. But very rarely do organizations share those KPIs with the, down to the all the way to the sales. Sure. Sometimes it maybe the store manager will take upon upon themselves to, to share that information, but it's not always the case. So let's and sometimes say that the way it's shared is not always useful useful or well received by right. the front staff because they can see it as I'm either winning or losing right. rather than we're in a state of trying to achieve. Right. So if you give people if you if you give a store the goal of having a conversion rate, you know, a thousand people coming through that store on a Saturday and we we want you guys to have a ten percent conversion rate. Uh, ten so a hundred transactions that day. Okay, so that's the goal for the store. Um, if the sales associate can see real time or on a daily basis, real time is better, uh, <laughs> yes. the conversion rate, yeah. they can adjust what they're doing. You know, uh, oh, that's why they say we shouldn't be folding when the people walking into mm -hmm. the store, we should uh, address them. Uh, so I think immediate feedback on, on, on performance is very important. It should be shared with uh, the people uh, on the sales floor. And then the training that is delivered on a regular basis, but also dynamically, if a store consistently does not reach their, for instance, conversion rate, mm -hmm. uh, rate goal, uh, every Saturday they're at 4%, not 10%, like we, like the goal said. Well, then maybe everybody should be pushed on their device, right. the training about a refresher course on how to engage customers. Right, there you go. That, that's, that's uh, you know, the initial training, the onboarding is not sufficient. Right. And and um, we find that the the, the uh, efficacy of having uh, ongoing engagement mm -hmm. and it always goes back to that uh, is is really uh, uh, t tenfold uh, compared to, to to kind of the old-fashioned structure and and the ability also for the for sales associate to share their success. Yes. Uh, and uh, I, had a yeah. I had a great transaction today. Uh, Michael Schroeder came to my store and, and she loved everything I showed her. And, 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 and very often what we see, people take a picture of the receipt. Look, I made, I made a uh, $300 transaction today. Very good. Uh, and post it on 
the internal on the internal mm-hmm. uh, kind of social media right. for the company, uh, and and that's great because then it's a f- that's it's a complete loop. And then you see the direct correlation. Yeah. So I was thinking of something else too. You know, when we talk about gamification and kind of leveling up or getting badges types of things, which we do know has has a true dopamine mm-hmm. effect on people. So you you have a good reason to want to do that. As you were talking, I was thinking about how often employees. Um, in a different retail market that I worked in uh, prior to this, but still retail sales in the healthcare field. When people asked me for a performance review, they'd say, hey, when am I gonna have my performance review? I knew that it meant, I, I, would, I wanna know if I'm gonna get more money, that's one thing, and I wanna know uh, that you like what I'm doing. You know, I need some validation. And in my industry, we didn't have a great system for you know, really routine uh, performance reviews, mostly because there weren't going to be a lot of performance uh, merit raises because Mm -hmm. it was a very commission-based system. However, I'm thinking, you know, in the retail sector, you may not always, you know, I think there's in in some retail stores, retail companies, there's a better system for merit increases based on time and rating. And yet still there's that gap between you know, I'm only going to be a sales associate or I might be a manager in training or these different elements where you feel like there's a gap. Mm-hmm. And so if you're saying, but I achieved the, you know, the platinum level um, on my training and I did this X, Y, and Z, people have something tangible for their resumes, uh, really emotionally tangible because you've achieved something different, but you know ongoing whether or not you're on point or not. Absolutely. And it's not just the training, it's uh, the, the achievements that they've had. Uh, you know, I did, yeah. I, I won uh, the, the contest for best salesperson in, uh, for back to school, for instance, in right. my store or in my region. And uh, it's, it's surprising to me, large national chains will have, usually will have a great uh, incentive program in place for the store manager or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit, maybe the assistant manager will be part of that. But very often, not for the sales associates. Mm-hmm. I, I remember asking, talking to somebody who said, "Oh yeah, uh, the store I work at, um, uh, they, we, we made our quarterly objective. The manager was very, very happy and and congratulated us. And I said, oh, that's great. Uh, so she, why was she happy? Well, she had a bonus. And uh-huh. what did you get? Well, uh, we we had a little note from the <laughs> from the district supervisor. Yeah. And I said, oh, uh, what kind of note? And she said, oh, I took a picture. Uh-huh. Because she didn't appreciate it, she took a picture of it. It was a post-it note that had been left on the built-in board in the stockroom. Oh boy! It's you know, and this is a this is a brand that's doing well, that's uh, doing a lot of things really really well. Mm-hmm. But that part of the, the motivation and and uh, engagement of, of the, the sales associate has been farmed out locally. And then you, then you have there's a bit of a leap of faith mm-hmm. on whether the local management mm-hmm. is good enough uh, or has even time to focus. Retail is tough, you know. Retail, you move product around, you worry about loss prevention, you, and some, and, and the last thing that comes on the in the conversation on the table is the well-being of the sales associate. Uh, it's very often. I, obviously, I'm making generalizations, generalizations However, but, it but it's, it, it happens. And so that's where that's where there are a lot of ways now, new tools, yeah. and new ways to use those tools uh, that uh, I think we can really bridge the gap.
I, I want to tell you a little bit about an experience that I had yesterday. So I told you about walking into the Lush store in mm -hmm. the mall. I'm staying in Pentagon City area, so I don't know what the name of that mall is. I should know. Pentagon City Mall. Pentagon City Mall. <laughs> well, there you go. I got that. Um, so that Lush store I was very impressed with. Then I was just kind of wandering around. So I went up to another level and I went into uh, Altered State. And I haven't been in an Altered State store in a long time, but I've always enjoyed it because it's very nicely laid out. The 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 um, look when you walk in, the way the clothes are hung and where they're, how uh, outfits are styled. I'm, I don't fit in everything. It's not really, it's a kind of a younger woman's store than I am now that I'm a woman of a certain age. But, um, but I always like it, I'm very drawn to it. So a couple things that I just wanted to share with you because I thought they were amazing experiences. Number one, I, I was greeted by two different people kind of when I was wandering around, but they had been helping other people. So I didn't hold that against them that they didn't catch me immediately when I got in. But they were very engaged. Uh, when the first gal caught up to me, I was in the sale area, and she said, now, just so you know, here's, you know, the smalls are here, mediums are here, larges are there. So she was, you know, helping me direct. And right about that time, the other gal came, and I had a couple things. She said, would you like a room? I said, sure. So she asked my name. So, uh, you know, just their engagement was very comfortable. They were paying attention to where I was. They were asking me, you know, good specific questions. And uh, so that was nice, I enjoyed that. When I got to the dressing room, I was blown away, because I think of all the years that I went into altered states, I never went into a dressing room. Mm -hmm. I either would buy something and hope it fit or whatever, because I told you I don't like to try on clothes, and, and it didn't work out well for me yesterday. But the dressing room itself, it's large, it's nicely appointed, it's got really uh, cute touches, like everything from the paint on the walls to, little decorations there was a huge bench with pillows on it mm. and then a couple little tiny flyers that talked about a couple different sale things that they had going on and it was so nicely put together that I took a picture of it now mm. I'm thinking I need to go back and actually do a little video of it because it was really really engaging so when I came out uh, nothing fit and I said to the gal you know so there's some days you just shouldn't try on clothes she goes well in that case don't forget to check out our jewelry sale because the bracelets and the earrings are all under nine under ten dollars and I went I'm over there <laughs> and I bought a few different things but I was so impressed with how they talked to me how they got made eye contact um, how they were um, engaging even when they were folding things they were very personable so I made a note to that. I gave him one of my little secret shopper Michael cards that I have that says, you've done a great job, you've impressed me. And I will write about these ladies on my blog this week because to me, those, those experiences still make the difference. However, here's the caveat. Uh, the whole time I was in there, and I was probably in there for 20 minutes, I think there were only three other shoppers. Hmm. You know, it's a busy, busy mall. It's in a great location. There's lots of foot traffic in this mall but no one was in there. And I think that, you know, given the challenges that we still face, beautiful store, great customer interaction, great customer experience, wonderful product, everything perfect, not enough traffic. Yeah. And I think that we're facing that everywhere. So we can do a lot of things right, but how are we gonna get more people to engage? Uh, I don't know that we'll ever get more people in the malls anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, it's just a very, very difficult place to um, to bring traffic to. For the longest time, the, the model was you have anchors mm -hmm. in the mall and they, they bring the traffic and everybody in between just benefits from that foot traffic. 
and today most of those anchors are in dire straits. Mm -hmm. um, I work with a with a company that has stole a store in a mall here in Virginia, uh, not far from here in Virginia. Uh, their anchors are um, Sears, Macy's, and J.C. Penney. Oh boy! And two out of those three. Two out of those three are in really, really uh, are on life support. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, uh, what's going to happen to that mall? Uh, I think more than the retail apocalypse, uh, what's what's on the horizon? What's or, or, or very close to us? Probably closer than the horizon is uh, the moral apocalypse mm -hmm. because uh, there's, there's just a mechanical effect of what's going to happen when one or two of those anchors fail most of the tenants especially the, the national chains in that mall uh, have a clause in their lease that say that they'll they'll pay 50 percent less rent oh, if yeah. they lose an anchor or especially two. Oh, i did not know that but that makes sense so that yeah it makes a lot yeah. of sense because when those things were written in in leases in malls by people who knew what they were doing, <laughs> uh, you know, nobody thought that uh, a Macy's would ever be in, yeah. in, in jeopardy or a Lord and Taylor. Right. And, yeah. um, and so there's going to be a domino effect where the malls are really, really going to hurt. So I think we're back to really, really well thought out um, uh, street stores, uh, mm -hmm. uh, town centers, the outdoor malls and, and things like that. And I think every mall is different, um, and somehow there's just going to be it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a bloodbath. That's yeah. for sure. And I think so. And that's that's what you know. I thought it was such a shame because when you do everything right, when you are doing yeah. things right, you still have that um, you still have that challenge to face. Right. Yet I got to admit, these gals, you know, they were not daunted by it. You know, there were a lot of other stores that I walked by that there was no foot traffic. And the poor, you know, sales associate right. is just standing there like this, and, going. And 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 the only right way, and so now the the challenge for that for that brand is how do we how do we maintain this over over time? Yeah. And how do we engage those young ladies that uh, uh, did such a good job, mm -hmm. so that they keep that the fatigue does not set, yeah. and and uh, you know they can still provide that great customer experience. Moving, you know, whether and, and then weather the, the storm, uh, so to speak, and and um, it's it's the challenge. It's yeah. uh, it's the challenge. That's the one challenge that I think we have great opportunity to tackle. It it is now the time to tackle that challenge. Yeah, uh, I agree. For the for the longest time, retailers have, uh, you know. I remember when I started in retail 20 years ago, the name of the game was how much product can we get to the stores? Because they'll sell it. Yeah. So the, it was all about logistics right. and, and the supply chain and, and working <laughs> with the brands to, to, get, to get more product. Today, it's just not the, uh, the, the, the challenge. The challenge is will we get people to come to our stores because we will provide them with more than just the product. That product they can get anywhere. And now the flip side is inventory is so challenging because the more you have, the greater risk you are, Absolutely. as opposed to if you don't have enough that you have a greater risk that you're going to lose the uh, sale. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, an age, that's an age uh, old uh, uh, challenge for retailers. And that's usually pretty well managed. Mm -hmm. uh, and technology has been, yes. has been used in that realm for, for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I've visited uh, distribution center of, of regional chains, not national chains, regional chains with, you know, less than 100 stores at the time. And they had a distribution center 
where they had poured millions of dollars in doing it right. Oh, and so time to market for them, they were a specialty, uh, they didn't sell their own product, they sold brands. Uh, time to market was down to uh, a day or two. Uh, by the time they, they got a shipment, it would reach their stores the next day. The retailers are doing this really well now. Mm -hmm. Those who have not mastered inventory management and, <laughs> and, and so they're, 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 they're gone. Yeah. Um, so the next frontier now is the front of the house. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's where uh, I think it's, it's really time to, to, to make a, an impact. Well, so let's talk about that a little bit because I know that you're working with a specific software that helps many of these different aspects. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what things can you target with specialty software that can help, you know, keep these right. brands and these companies going and, and thrive, begin to thrive again? Yes. So um, I work with a, a couple of companies, uh, one uh, especially who is uh, very well established in Europe and is starting their operations in the United States. I, I'm a senior advisor with them. Uh, about a couple of things. The US market is one, mm -hmm. but also my experience in retail uh, is really on, on that subject. What they do is they provide uh, a series of apps uh, that helps the, the retailer uh, optimize and digitize processes that have been in place for a very long time. The, the dreaded store visit <laughs> by the organization, for instance. It's such, it's, oh. it's what we call a pain in the consult, you know, what are the pains that we want to address? One of them, and, it's a, it's, and that one's painful, oh, is yeah. the store visit. You have, a, you know, an organization that counts on the original uh, di directions to, uh, the di director to correctly allocate their area managers to make sure that stores that need it are visited and what happens during the visit. So usually they have a checklist that they will yep. go through. But... Very often, my experience, the, the second the area manager gets to the store, they get sidetracked by seemingly more important matters. Mm -hmm. Oh, my staff quit, or I, I don't have enough people today, and you need to help me. I haven't had a, uh, a performance review in, in, in a year or so. <laughs> and the store visit goes by the wayside. Yeah. Well, but the problem is that the store visit uh, takes care of some uh, uh, mundane stuff that is absolutely necessary to that customer experience. Yeah. That beautiful uh, 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 dressing room that you were talking about can be trashed. Yeah. It can have papers on the, uh, on the floor, it can, the, the pillows can be on the floor. If, if nobody's paying attention to the way the store looks, uh, you, you cannot deliver that, uh, that customer experience. Well, and on the flip side too, I, mean, I had a friend who, she was, uh, I guess, a merchandiser for a retailer. And she said, you know, there was constantly this times where she's like, I have to go in and work all night. I'm going in at, you know, 10 o'clock when the store closes. I won't get home at 6 o'clock till 6 o'clock in the morning. I said, why? You guys are, are you revamping the store? What do you got going? No, we have a site visit coming. And so we've got to fix everything that's wrong. And my question always to her was, why are you fixing it the day How's before the regional comes in? Why aren't you, yeah. why aren't you maintaining that's that? That's why the, the, the store visit, the way it's done right now, or... Uh, uh, other aspects of purely operational stuff in, in retail um, it needs to evolve. Mm -hmm. It's not, not enough. You, you want a better, it's not just control, a better uh, feedback loop right. on the way the store should look. Yep. So you need to be able to give instructions and directives or set a standard. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be constant feedback, not just once right. a month or once a quarter. 
with a visit, constant feedback on 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 compliance. Right. And and it needs to be done in a very quick manner, and the data from those processes needs to go back up. Right. And, and so part and of that can be worked with the app then. So, so the app the app is a real time uh, instead of having a checklist on a on a piece of paper or very often it's on a, on a spreadsheet mm-hmm. and you know they fill out each question maybe sometimes give a good grade and those spreadsheets are emailed or, or whatsapped to uh, the regional director <laughs> who now has yeah. to compile all that information and if you're lucky once a quarter you kind of get a picture or once a month uh, you get a picture of where the stores stand on on the housekeeping stuff uh, the cleanliness the uh, the way it's uh, merchandised order, the, the stock room is in order Things like that. Um, what the app does is that the checklist is on the app. Mm-hmm. So the, the regional, the area manager walks into a store, uh, checks. Uh, the first thing is how does the window look? Take a picture. Boom. Take a picture. Take a picture. Walks in. Uh, is it clean? Uh, take a picture of uh, under the racks or whatever. They take a picture. Uh, and every answer that they give or the grade that they give uh, goes up into a uh, real time. In real time, right. Into a dashboard. So a regional director can see that their uh, X number of stores are more or less in compliance. And th- those that are not, they can take action immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you can, on the dashboard, you can correlate the, the grading uh, of uh, the stores, uh, visits, uh, with the number of visits. Right. So now you can allocate your resources. A, a question that comes up every time, how do we make sure that our area managers go where they're needed. <laughs> yes. So it can be about sales. Very often what will happen is that area managers will focus on the, uh, the, the high volume stores right. in, their, in their district. They'll make sure that those work because those are like the cash cow yeah, that's of the region. Yeah, because that's your 80%. Right. Yeah, your 80-20. But problem. the problem is that the, the smaller stores or the ones that are uh, not as perfor- that are perf- not performing as well, Without the attention, we'll not get a chance to, to, to rise up. And so, so I think that dashboard at a regional level or at the, 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 the corporate level is extremely important. Um, the second thing that we address with, with this uh, real-time uh, feedback is the implementation of, for instance, the very important uh, visual merchandising directive. Mm-hmm. So the company rolls out a new, a new collection or a new window, uh, we are on this Saturday morning, we want all our stores, our 2,500 stores, to have the same window all across the United States. And the way it happens right now, different, different companies use different means. Uh, I know a national brand who sends very well-made uh, merchandising directives uh, with 3D uh, uh, renderings of the tables, the way they need to look, with the with uh, pictures of, of the new product for the new collection, for instance, with all the references and, and beautiful inserts that go into a binder. They UPS that to all their stores, oh, all like 1,500 stores, I believe. And, oh, and that's a great document. Right. And, 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 and beautiful everybody I ask for, they say, we have everything we need to do it right. And then my question is, well, how, does, how do they know you did it right? Oh, well, sometimes we have a visit, you know, at the quarterly visit, they can't. But, the question is, it's not the quarterly visit or the monthly visit. The question is, that Saturday morning, yeah. how many of my stores are ready the right. way we wanted them? So what we do is that mission, instead of being UPSed 
or sent by email that needs to be printed or just right. looked on the screen, whatever. We send it through uh, as a mission on the app in question. So the store has a tablet or they use a, a phone to do it. They walk around with the exact same material, by the way. That beautiful material that was created yeah. can be used on a tablet. Yes. Uh, they walk around. They uh, implement the uh, directive. It's ready. The first, the first question is, did you implement the directive? Yes. Take a picture. I take a picture. Real time goes back up to the regional level or the corporate level. Usually the regional level, somebody will look at it and say, oh, it's great. I approve it. Right. Or, no, wait. Here. I circle on my screen the mannequin that should be farther to the right uh, or flip those two mannequins right. by drawing things on the picture that they sent me. It goes back. They get it back real time. Right. Oh, I need to change it. Change it. And, and, now, now, and say, now you're in compliance. And now I can say all my 2,500 stores have the exact exactly. same. Exactly. And not only can I do this as a, a visual merchandiser right. director or VP of uh, merchandising, but I can also turn around and on that Monday, Monday morning corporate meeting show everybody I report to that it's been done. Absolutely. Whereas today it takes a week. Well, even if you had everybody try and prove it by taking a picture, yeah. then as a manager, you still have to go through and scroll uh, through emails, every picture. Yeah. Your emails, yeah. your, your text, your, however they're yeah, coming exactly. in, instead of having it housed in one format that you can also then use to track success over time and identify training issues and identify no, problems. No, it's, 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 I mean, it's a, a great tool. I, yeah. I really love that tool. That is, they've listened to retailers. I've I've in, interacted with them a lot on uh, as well on, on that subject. The dashboard that you see shows you a map of your territory, of, of for instance, the United States, and you can see uh, with different colors all your compliance stores, all your stores that are still pending. Uh, you can see the reasons why it didn't work, and you can push uh, micro-training on things that need uh, to be addressed. For instance, did you implement the window? No. What happened? What, what was the problem? And you. There are only a few things. I was missing mannequins. I didn't know how to hook up, how to hang the, the poster behind mm -hmm. the mannequins. Or, you know, I was missing product, things like that. It's only right. a finite number of, I didn't have enough time, things like that. If you answer, uh, I didn't know how to hang the poster, well, here's a little video on how, you know, it's, it's a little tricky. I've, I've right. done it. <laughs> there's, there's some <laughs> hardware that you, know, you need to know how to open. But here's a little video on how to do it. Oh, great. And now I'm compliant. Now, there you go. And so you can adapt from a corporate standpoint. If you have 10 people that come back and said, I didn't know how to hang it, then you know right then you have to create the video. Right. Next time around, you better, you better be ready for that, for that problem. Exactly. Yeah. Or can you, can you tackle it right now and still hit your targets? And, and the, the reason I love this is because, first of all, it, address, it addresses the, the pain I was talking about mm -hmm. that retailer feels with store compliance, uh, you know, compliance to standards in general and store execution of things that need to happen. If you roll out a new collection, you need to have all your stores ready. And those things are the foundation of delivering that customer experience. If those things don't happen, even if you have the best trend sales associates, mm -hmm. you would not have had the same experience if that uh, dressing room yes. was, was trashed. And um, it's funny, I have uh, I've interviewed uh, somebody who works in retail, and I said, what, what, don't, what don't you like about retail at all? He's, been, he's worked in retail 15 years. And he said, I don't like when people think of us as butlers. Oh. Sometimes we have customers who will drop stuff where oh, they stand. Oh, that's so and, true. And a, a store on a busy day 
oh. can be trashed in, in easy, a minute. Easy, easy. So those things, uh, compliance to standards, store execution of marketing directives, uh, VM, visual merchandising, or those things, those are mundane. They, there are things that are not you know, sexy to talk about right. uh, at a corporate level. You'd rather talk about the new collection, the new hires, the new whatever. <laughs> but they're, they're the foundation of the customer yeah, experience. That's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. As, as you were talking, um, I was thinking about one time I was looking at sweaters at, in a store and I was trying very hard not to move them. And, and finally I had to pull one open to see you know, what it would look like in my size. And so then afterward I was trying to fold it the exact way it was. And this guy came up, he goes, I'll do that for you. Don't worry about it. I go, I know you have a lot on your plate. I opened it up. I want to get it right back. He goes, do you want to work here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, goodness, we have talked about so much and I know we could keep talking for hours. I think we might have to break this into two, but uh, there's just a wealth of information. I'm so glad that we're, you and I continue to have this dialogue because you know, retail and sales and the opportunity in the future really can still exist today. Yes, we have challenges. Yes, we have, you know, a huge impact on online shopping. Yes, we have challenges with, with traffic in malls, but there are ways to combat this. There are ways to keep uh, retail in, in the realm because people do want to have that experience. Yeah. There are still people that want to shop that way regardless of what it is. And uh, I know you're going to continue to impact it positively. So anybody who's listening or watching and they want to reach you, I know we'll have all the information in the show notes, but what's the best way for them to find you? So uh, you can email me at michael at uh, retail-answers.com mm-hmm. or go on my website, uh, www.retail-answers.com. Retail-answers.com. Mr. Dehan, it was a pleasure speaking with you today again. Well, from Thank one you. Michael to another Michael, thank you so much. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. And we will uh, be keeping an eye out on what he's doing. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.